It's good to see you here today. Today's a special day. We'll be celebrating some baptisms right after the service, the sermon here. And you're all invited to a potluck afterwards in the front uh, room. So uh, how many want to be fed spiritually? How many want to be fed physically? Well, you're in the right place. Amen. Um, we're going to dismiss our kids to Kids Church right now as they follow my lovely wife, Anna, out to the front room. So give them a big hand as they go out the back room right now. Amen. It's good to have all of you. It's good to have some family uh, here all the way from Sacramento and Roseville and different places. And uh, good to see familiar faces in here as well. And North Carolina, yes, all the way, my cousin, all the way from North Carolina. Welcome here. Um, again, my name is Pastor Rick. If I haven't met you yet, but I believe I've met everybody here. So um, we're going to have a great day today. I'm, I've been excited about this day all week long. So I'm glad you're here. But um, first of all, everybody have a handout. Did you receive a little handout? If you didn't raise your hand, you'll get one. They're just the notes to follow around. And if you need one, raise your hand. The ushers will pass one out to you. But there's a topic that I've been speaking on, a series that we've been on the last three weeks. And I generally don't talk about this topic at all in church. And this is something that's different than most pastors and most churches. But the topic is about finances and money. I stay away from that. In fact, all of you that have been attending church here since Anna and I have been pastoring for the last 10 years here in American Canyon, you'll know that we don't pass around a plate. We don't pass around a bucket. Uh, and that's blasphemy in most churches. You know, most churches, in some churches, I should say, it's all about money. And that's one thing that turned me off as a young believer, as as a believer now, as a pastor, I just felt impressed that God told me, I don't want you to pass around a bucket, and I'm going to press upon the people by my Holy Spirit that if they want to give financially, they will give financially. And guess what? The Lord has blessed this church because of your faithful giving. Amen? And, and it's because we're, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We're allowing Almighty God to say and dictate to us, how we should give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. And I just want to say again, take this time to just say thank you, because we have people that give here, not only that attend our church regularly, but there's people that give faithfully that I don't even see for two, three months, and they still give, whether electronically uh, or in person. So again, I thank you for that. Uh, before we begin with our sermon, let's pray. I ask you to bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we just come right now, and I pray for the next few moments that you bless your word, which is already anointed. I pray that you bless it to our understanding, that we, you would give us ears to hear your word today, and that, Lord, that we would walk away here today having received something from your word. And we pray that from, for the youngest to the oldest in this building, and we pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I believe our spiritual vision is our capacity to see clearly what God wants us to do and to see the world from His point of view. But this spiritual insight can be easily clouded. How many know that? Self-serving desires and interests and goals block that vision. And I believe we need to have an eye that is clearly fixed on God. And I believe that's why people come to church, because they want to make God the center of their world. 
I believe each of you realize that we live in probably the most materialistic society that has ever existed. How many would just raise a hand and say, yeah, we're, you're probably right, Pastor. And, and it doesn't take much, but on this particular day called Black Friday, how many go shopping on Black Friday? You guys are the courageous people I want to walk with, but you guys are courageous if you shop on Black Friday. There are fights that break out over simple things, over a toaster, over a TV, over some materialistic item. We have become such a society here in, in America that, that just prizes their money and their possessions. And so I want to focus on that today as I close out this series upon the principles that God has laid out in His Word on how we are to manage what God has blessed you and I with. How many know that everything you own, everything you have is not yours? It was gifted to you by God. God Almighty blessed you with the car that you rolled in here, whether it's 20 years old or whether it's six months old. God blessed you with that. If you're retired here today, oh, I'm jealous of you, but hallelujah, you're, you're deserving of that retirement. You're deserving of that. God blessed you f with that. And, and I believe that that our society has misplaced priorities, and that's what I want to speak to you on today. The, the desire of society is, is for money and what it can buy, and, and it far outweighs their commitment to God. And I'm talking about most people in our society. I'm not talking about anybody here today. But the question I have for you at the outset is, when do you feel the most secure? Just let that roll around in your mind for a second. When do you feel the most secure? Is it when you get your paycheck at the end of the month? If you're retired, you probably get a check at the end of the month. Is it when your automatic deposit, you check and it, you got paid from work? Is it when you take a look at your 401k? Well, God forbid, it's been doing this now. But when you take a look at that and say, well, I got something to look forward to, is that what makes you feel secure? Because I'm here to tell you that can all be gone in an instant, in a second. And uh, if that's where your trust is in, you're going to be disappointed. How many know that's the truth? Amen? I've been there. So here's the thing. Whatever you store up, you will spend much of your time and energy thinking about. What are you storing up? And I'm talking spiritually. Can you honestly say that God and not money is your master? One test is to ask which one occupies more of your thoughts time and efforts. What is it that occupies your time and thoughts? Because here's what I do know. Those people that are the most greedy, and you're going to hear me say this word over and over again today, greedy. Everybody say greedy, because you're not. And uh, look at your neighbor and tell them, and you're not. So, okay, say it, say it like you mean it. And you're not. <laughs> there we go, that's better. One of the things that we, we know is that if we're greedy, that's what's going to occupy our time and our thoughts, is money. Uh, have you ever met those people that are so occupied and, and almost possessed with that, that all they want to do is just get over on somebody or get over on you or find a way to just squeeze something out of nothing? I, I mean, that's not a way to live. And that's not what God's plan was for you. And what we're really saying when we say that is, when you do that, is that you're saying, God, you're not first in my life. 
See, as believers, which you and I are, those that have confessed a faith in Christ Jesus, you are saying, Lord, I put you first. I recognize that you're first. You're the most important thing. Everything comes from that. Everything flows from that. Can I get an amen? See, we put God first in our life, and the scriptures tell us in Matthew 6.33, I don't have that up for you, but seek first the kingdom of God is what the scriptures say. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be given to you. What things? Relationships. Some of us struggle with relationship issues because we don't make God number one. God takes care of you when you put him number one in your life. I'm here to tell you that today. When we do this, when we make God first in our life, when we do this and we follow the principles that are taught in the Word of God to guide us, it allows us to have freedoms in finances, in relationships, and even in our job place. The, the chains are broken. You see, when we're born into this world, we're born into sin. All of us are born sinners. And, and you and I have to change that. At some point, you have to come to the realization, I need God in my life. I cannot keep doing life as it is. And when you do, you realize all, and you begin to read the Word of God, you realize the principles that God has left for you and I well over 2,000 years ago. But here's what I also want you to know. Just as strongly as God wants to teach you and, and share the, the Word of God with you, the principles of life in there, the enemy of our, of our soul knows that as well and wants to deceive you. Remember this, the enemy only speaks lies. The, only, the enemy only attempts to deceive you. And the scriptures tell us that he goes about seeking whom he may devour, who he can tear up. Family member here today, husband, wife, children, the enemy is out to destroy your family. I'm telling you right now, that's his number one job. And it's up to you and I to realize that he walks about seeking whom he may devour. And God's Word strongly gives us principles on how to fight that, how to combat that. Amen? So here, this whole topic, this whole series I've been teaching on is how to live a blessed life. Everybody say a blessed life. So what do I mean by that? Does it mean being a 49er fan? Well, that's part of it, but uh, okay, I'm just kidding. Sorry for you Raider fans here. Um, but what do, what do I mean by when I say I am blessed? It means to have wholeness in your life, to be of sound mind. How many know that in our day and age, just having a sound mind is a, is a, is a, is a blessing? There are so many people, young people nowadays, people on drugs, fentanyls, just killing our society right now that are not in their right mind. Right there, to have, to have a blessed life is to have wholeness, a sound mind, a sound body a sound spirit, when you can walk out of here and say, God is good. Even though I'm struggling, even though I'm going through something, God is still good. You are living a blessed life. Amen? So I'm going to just touch on a little bit of what we talked about in the previous weeks, but the opposite of being blessed is to be selfish. Selfish. Again, what is one of the first words a little toddler says? Mine. Mine. Why is that? Because we're born with a selfish nature. You have to be taught to share. And, and if you don't have kids, if you've never seen that, wait till you have kids. 
I always tell my daughters, wait till you have kids. You know, every parent said that. Wait till you have kids and you see. And the opposite of being blessed is to be selfish. It's our natural given desire because we're all born takers. We're all born with a sinful tendency to take of greed, of mind, of covetousness, and so forth. It takes a, a new relationship, a transformation as a believer in Christ to have that transformed in you. Only God can transform that in you. Amen? I want you to turn, if you brought your Bible, if not, we'll have it up on the screen for you. But in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6 and verse 24, this is the key scripture I want to focus in on today. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, it's on your outline as well. And the scriptures say, and this is Jesus speaking here, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The two masters he's talking about here are God and money. Again, referencing what we've been on this topic this, these past few weeks. So I want to focus today for the next few moments on the spirit of money or greed. The difficult or the biblical definition of the word money here in this scripture is to put your trust in riches, money, possessions, property. And all those things are, are good to have. It's good to have possessions. It's good to have property. If God's blessed you with that, amen, I'm happy for you. I rejoice in that. But you can't serve both God and money is what the scriptures are trying to declare here. They cannot both be your masters. You're going to serve one or the other. See, at the heart of the word money is an attitude that says, it's all mine. It's all mine. It's all mine. I always think of the picture of the poker table and somebody wins that hand and they go like that, bring all their chips in and bring all that money in and it's all mine. And that's what the spirit of, of money, of, of greed says to you, that I can trust my bank account. I can trust my 401k. I can trust my investments. I can trust in the fact that I have a house and on and on and on. Let me just remind you again, the economy can take a dip. COVID can hit. And all of that can be gone in a, in a second. Your job can be gone in a second. But God is always faithful, amen? He's always there for you. See, Jesus clearly states you cannot serve both God and money at the same time. And the reason is, listen to this very carefully, the love of money or greed is a spirit that can rest upon us if our stewardship, our, our, our financial mode of how we look at money, the priorities are out of order. See, even God spoke more about, Jesus spoke more about money in the Bible than he did about heaven or hell. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. But far and above and beyond, the number of times that he spoke about money exceeded what he spoke about heaven or even hell. So if he spoke about it for that reason, there must be something important, some principle that we have to learn. Amen? And that's what we're going to finish up on here today. You see, when we submit our offering to God, whether it be our spiritual offering of praise as you uh, worship today, lifted your hands, maybe just silently, whatever you did, or whether it's a financial offering in the black box that we have on our back table there, 
The Word of God teaches us that it has the Spirit of God on it. When you give as a cheerful giver, when you worship as a cheerful worshiper, it has the Spirit of God on it. And I'm convinced that money that is submitted to God is blessed by God. Amen? Because His Word says that. But the opposite is also true. What you don't give to God, when God has called you to give of your time, your talents, and your treasures, is, is not blessed. In fact, it's cursed. The Bible tells us that in Malachi chapter 3. We talked about that last week. You see, money that has not been submitted to God has the spirit of greed on it. And that's why people use money to manipulate. They use it to manipulate people. Have you ever noticed that? And it's, it's why people think money can bring them happiness or fulfillment. Money can't bring you happiness. It brings you a temporary peace. Okay, I got that bill taken care of. Woo, I can make it another month. And it might bring peace to you in that moment. But that's about it. But it's not going to give you peace everlasting. You know, have you ever noticed that most people under the influence of the spirit of greed tend to have the most fear about their money? They're constantly looking at their bank account. They're constantly looking up how much their 401k went down this week because the Dow Jones took a dive. And I got to check, see how much money I lost, see where I'm maintaining, see where my retirement's at. Uh, how much equity did my house gain this week? Or how much did it lose? They're constantly worried about money. Hey, you can't take it with you. Amen? None of you are going to take it with you. And here's the problem with greed. The spirit of greed is looking for worshipers. It's looking for people in this society to worship it. Because you're either going to worship God or you're going to worship the spirit of greed. All of us are. And I want you to know one thing about greed. It lies to us. The spirit of greed does. It promises the things that only God can provide, which I touched on, such as security, peace, significance, independence, identity, power, freedom. God gives you those things. Yeah, money helps. I'm not saying money isn't an answer to certain things, but it doesn't bring you the things you're looking for and desiring for in your spirit. Only God can give you that. Amen? You know, the older I, I get, the more I realize, Lord, I need you more than ever. I need to rely on you, to trust in you for everything. If you look at your outline, there's an example there of, on the left, what God says and then what greed says. Look at that. God says to give. Greed says to cheat. God says to receive. Greed says to steal. God says to be truthful about your taxes. Uh-oh, Pastor Rick went there. Greed says to lie. And you know, that's exactly what greed does. It's so sad when I, when I turn on the news, when I look at my social media and I see the latest break-in of some store where thieves just walk in, steal thousands and thousands of dollars of, of tools, purses, shoes, whatever it might be, and nobody does anything about it. That's the society we live in. It's filled with greed. It's a spirit of greed on these people that are turning around now and then selling those items on the black market. God help us, amen? It's so dangerous now when you go out shopping. You don't know what's going to happen. The other night, my family, my daughters, and, and my wife, and my sister-in-law went to the movies. We live in Vallejo, and we don't park the car there. 
we had my brother-in-law Gregory drove them there and picked them up when the movie was done. Why? Because we wanted to have a catalytic converter when we got home. Or worse yet, have a, have a window that's not broken into. How many know that that's real these days? It doesn't matter where you live. Vallejo, Fairfield, Vacaville, it doesn't matter. Napa, it's the same problem. The reason we cannot serve both God and greed is because the spirit of greed is the opposite of the spirit of God. Greed says to take. God says to give. Greed is selfish. God is generous. And again, if we're not careful, greed or money, the spirit of, of greed or the spirit of money is a spirit that will speak to us if we allow it. We have to be very careful when it comes to that. It, the greed will tell you, the spirit of greed will tell you, well, if you only had a healthier bank account, things would be different. If you only made a little bit more money at work, just like that guy that just got the raise, if you only made as much as he did or she did, you'd be happier. If your 401k was higher, if you lived in a 4,000 square foot home instead of the 1,700 square foot home you have, you'd be much happier. If you lived in a gated community, and on and on and on it goes. Do you think those people that have multi-millions and billions are happy and content? No. They're always wanting more. It's a spirit that just perpetuates. And they want more because they're never satisfied. But I'm here to tell you, God can give you everything you need. God can provide everything you need. Amen? You know, even in the book of Revelation, in the end times, it talks about the Antichrist will use money as a tool against the rest of the world. There will be one money system in this world. How convenient that will be. And we're inching there every day closer and closer where all countries will use one source of money to be able to buy, sell, and trade. And he'll be able to use that power. The Antichrist will. talks about that in the book of Revelation. But here's, here's the point that I'm trying to get to today. Jesus never once said that money is the answer to your problems. Do you all get that? Money is not the answer. Money is not the answer. So why should we buy into that lie? I'm not here to tell you that if you have money set aside and growing and, and that you're comfortable that it's wrong. I'm not here to tell you. If you're living good, God bless you. I, I mean, more power to you. I'm happy for you. You deserve it. Amen? But the, the problem is if, if that's all you're seeking, money at the expense of God and making money and the spirit of money your master, then your, your whole focus is, is wrong. Your whole focus is off. Again, don't get me wrong. Money and greed are not synonymous. Money is not evil. Everybody say that with me. Money is not evil. And that's not what I'm trying to convey here today. Don't mis mistake me. But most people, not here, but outside, will misquote a very well-known passage in the Bible, which uh, the scripture that they refer to, and they say it this way, money is the root of all evil. The Bible doesn't say it that way. If you look at 1 Timothy 6.10, let's put that up on the screen. The scriptures say this, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Everybody say the love of money. When you love money so much, it's a root that ingrains, that, that builds, that grows inside of you, that leads, that can lead to all kinds of evil. 
And I don't have to sit here and explain or stand here and explain how that can lead to evil. It's a spirit behind that. Selfishness, covetousness, greed all come from that type of spirit. The spirit of greed is the opposite of the spirit of God. Again, God says to, to, to give. Greed says to take, to be selfish. Let me ask a, one last question here today. Have you ever struggled with vi financial pressures? You don't need to raise your hand because I know that's everybody here. Whether you were first starting off in, as a married couple, maybe as a single individual, maybe as a, as a mature adult, and life happens. How I many you know life happens? And we struggle with financial, financial pressures. But this is what I want you to be aware of at this point. Believer here, child of God, you need to be extremely careful if you're at that crossroad. You have to be very careful at this time. But let me just share this first. Recently I had read, and how many are familiar, that just a few weeks back, is it the super lotto or some had grown to some astronomical number? I, I don't even play. I never buy a ticket. But it had grown to some astronomical number. I think it was billion, right, or beyond. And, of course, I'm not going to deny it. Everybody hears that number, and you would think, man, what would I do with that kind of money, right? Is it just me? Or all of you would think that because it's natural. It's, it's, in our, it's in our nature to think, what would I do? Well, I would bless that person. I'd take care of this. I'd do that. And uh, I don't know if somebody finally won that money, but let's be real, it's all crossed our minds at some point or another. But the answer to your financial struggles is not found in the super lotto or some sweepstakes or somewhere else. It's found in God Almighty. God alone is the one that's going to take care of your needs, amen? And it's, it's found in desiring more of Him and trusting in Him. Trusting him, there's this word called faith in the Bible. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is something you can't see. I can see my bank account. I can see my check that I get paid from my workplace every, every week. But faith, I can't see it. I have to believe for that. I have to trust God. And some people are unwilling to take that step out in faith because they think they're just going to fall. They think, how can I ever do it? Well, you'll, you'll never find out unless you take that step of faith. I want to have you turn to the Gospel of Matthew again, chapter 6. Last scripture I have for you today. Chapter 6 and verses 19 and 21. Listen to these words that, that Jesus spoke. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Powerful words from Jesus. Again, don't get me wrong. It's not bad to go out shopping. Go out and buy yourself a nice Michael Coors purse. Mama, go and do that if that's what you want to do. Whatever it is, if, if you need a, a new vehicle and you can afford it, go out and buy that. God bless you. I'm not trying to say that's wrong, but be careful with how you allow the spirit of greed to overtake you and want more and more and more and more. The question here, you ever wonder why God hasn't given you more? Have you ever wondered that? 
well, God, why, why haven't you given me like so-and-so? So-and-so seems to be blessed. And then you fall into that pity party, right? Well, how come I don't have that, Lord? I've worked hard. Have you ever thought that maybe God knows that you can't handle that if he gave it to you? You ever wonder why you didn't win that lotto? Because he knew what would happen if you did win it? Amen? And some of you should just say, thank you, Lord, that I didn't win that lotto. Because we've all heard the horror stories of what happens to the majority of these people. Well, in closing today, I want you to be careful with that spirit of greed in your life that can attack you. I'm not saying that you have it, but when it does come knocking at your door, because it will, we need to remember that our Heavenly Father above gave us the greatest gift we could ever receive, and that was His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus Christ, who, as my daughter sang up here today, put His life on the cross. His blood was shed so that you would have everlasting life in Him. Amen? That was the greatest gift you and I could ever have. You and I as believers of Christ are the salt of the earth, the light of this world. The Lord works through you and in you, amen, to reach others, to share the love, to give the gift that he gave you, to share that gift that he gave you, the newness of life, to share that with others. God's given that to you now to share with others. I love with what one of our brothers here does in church. He takes these gospel tracts. And he actually carries them on, on his person. And they're, they're, they have the message of salvation, of, of trusting in the Lord as your Savior. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 9, and then verses 10 through 13. And he takes these and he gives them and passes them out to people that he encounters. I love that. That's giving back what God gave him. That's a valuable resource of your time, your talents, and your treasures. Amen. So let's look forward to not only being generous givers, but being extravagant givers. And I'm not just talking about here in church. Outside of these walls, to the homeless person that's just down the street, to the person that looks down and out. Like I've mentioned here before, maybe it's paying for someone's meal at a restaurant. You're having a good time and, and you can afford and you see someone with a family and you want to bless them, pay for their dinner, pay for their lunch, their breakfast. Just be a blessing and do it confidentially. Don't go and tell them you paid for it. Just be a blessing and give it. And trust that God will continue to provide all that you desire, all that you need in your life. Amen? As He becomes the center of your life. And that's it right there. That's the principle that you and I have to discover. When He becomes the center of your life, God takes care of everything else in your life. How many have found that to be true? Amen. Raise your hand. Uh, there's, there's hands raised around here because you all know that's so true. So why do we do that? Because God has given us everything. And we, there's no way we can ever repay Him, nor should we attempt to repay God. We can't. It's impossible. But we should forever be eternally grateful and be thankful that He's given us His Word and principles found in His Word to live a blessed life. How many would agree with that. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I have you just stand as we close today? As, and as we close at the end of this prayer that I'm going to pray, uh, I'm going to have the two uh, baptismal candidates. If you want to head out to the front room, 
and then you can go change over there. We'll all, you can head out right now, and we'll all meet you. We'll meet you out here by the uh, tub out here, and um, that would be wonderful. For the rest of us, just know that God does want you to live a blessed life, a life of wholeness in your life, spiritual, financial, relational, in every area of your life. He wants you to have wholeness. And one of the things I, I want to pray today is for those that have not yet put God as the center of your life, because there may be some here, I don't know. I don't know everybody's heart. Only God knows that. And that's the important thing, that God knows your heart. I'm going to say a prayer. And if you would just say this prayer and, and repeat it, but mean it with all of your heart, mean it with all of your passion inside, God hears you. The Lord says that we have to confess to him vocally with our mouth. He says, those that call upon my name will be saved. That's what the Bible says. And if you've been desiring a relationship with him, a deeper walk with him, today's that day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Amen? So bow your heads with me, and if all of you here today would just say this prayer with me, mean it with your heart. Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I know I am a sinner, and I need you today. I know you went to the cross for me. You died for me and rose again on the third day. And Lord, today I recognize my need for a Savior, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me a new person. And I thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if, if you pray a prayer like that, it's that simple. God says that he will give you eternal life. It's that simple. And the Bible goes on to say, Jesus said, after you make disciples, go and baptize them. And that's what we're going to go do out here. We're going to go baptize now according to what Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20 we're going to follow that scripturally so we do this every sunday at the conclusion of our service i just pray a blessing over you and one last prayer if you just lift your hands with me i pray a blessing over you the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in jesus wonderful name god bless you all and uh, please uh, come out and join us here for the baptism here. It'll just be momentarily right under the trees out here. And uh, then you're all invited to some good food afterwards. Amen. God bless you all.